Good morning. It's Thursday, the 14th of December, and this is Govind Rajathi Raj coming to you from Mumbai, India's financial capital. Before we start, here's a reminder: you can join this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube, among other streaming platforms, at 6 a.m. weekdays in India, 8:30 a.m. in Singapore, and 7:30 p.m. the previous evening in New York City. Our top stories and themes for the day. The Asian Development Bank also raises India's growth projections. Now puts it at 6.7 percent. COP 28 concludes with a first ever agreement to phase out fossil fuels. All positive pressures notwithstanding, the rupee is still weak. Tesla is to recall two million cars on autopilot failures. Do the names Gabriel Basso and Lucian Buchanan mean anything to you? Stay tuned. This is a core report with Govind Raj Athiraj. The markets hold back, await Fed direction. The 21,000 and 70,000 marks of the Nifty 50 and Sensex, respectively, are well not easy to stay on, having hit them a few days ago. Now, this often happens with new benchmarks and reflects the pause that investors and markets usually take as they seek fresh direction, particularly at summits or peaks, and of course, news. Which could be for the overall market or stock specific, which might drive everything up. Now, every stock market pundit, market in general, stock or commodities, of course, watching to see what the United States Federal Reserve's outlook on interest rates is. Of course, rate hikes don't seem very likely now, but the continuity or a likely reduction and the timetable for it is what people would want to see and are perhaps waiting to see. In keeping with all of this, the Sensex ended at about sixty nine thousand five eighty five. It was up about thirty-four points, and the Nifty Fifty closed about twenty points at twenty thousand nine twenty-six. So there you are, below seventy thousand and below twenty-one thousand. Oil slips further, and here is the energy segment from India Energy Week. Oil, whose fall we are tracking quite closely, as you know, is now trading at levels close to seven-month lows. The specter of supplies swamping demand continue to drive the weakness in prices. Remember. The suppliers or producers are also cutting and threatening further cuts to production. Brent was trading around seventy-three dollars or seventy-three dollars fifty cents a barrel after falling almost four percent on Tuesday. The United States has also raised its estimates for output this year, which means, of course, more oil in the hands of the world. Crude has fallen despite a plan by the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries to deepen output cuts, as we've been pointing out in the last few days. Now the problem is apparently that all countries may not stick to that voluntary reduction, and it's obviously a delicate balance between the price that you could get for every barrel of oil you sell today versus not selling at all in anticipation of a higher price or at a future value at a future date. Saudi Arabia obviously has the patience, and quite evidently so, to hold it out. Others may not. The energy segment was supported by the India Energy Week that will be held in February next year. Log on to www.indiaenergyweek.com for more details. ADB raises GDP growth predictions to 6.7%. Meanwhile, some more forecasts on India's economic growth. The Asia Development Bank (ADB) on Wednesday said India's economy would grow 6% this year, raising its estimate from 6.3% it made. Just in September, 
ADB's move follows a higher GDP figure India reported in the July to September quarter or second quarter of the current financial year. ADB says that for this year as a whole, agriculture is expected to grow slightly slower than expected, but this will be more than offset by industry and industries much stronger than expected growth, hence the upward revision. Elsewhere, ADB has projected China's growth to touch 5.2% in 2023, which is also an increase from its previous forecast of 4.9% in September. And hence, all of Asia or most of Asia appears to be growing this year. COP28 has a deal. Some 200 countries have agreed to begin reducing global consumption of fossil fuels to avert the worst of climate change at the COP28 climate summit that concluded on Wednesday. The deal was struck in Dubai following two weeks of tough negotiations and demonstrates a consensus to break away from fossil fuels, agencies reported. COP28 President Sultan Al-Jaber, who is also CEO of Abu Dhabi National Oil Company, called the deal historic, but added that its true success would be in its implementation. We are what we do and not what we say, he told a crowded plenary at the summit. We must take the steps necessary to turn this agreement into tangible actions, Reuters reported. It's the first time that the world has united around such a clear text on the need to transition away from fossil fuels, Norway's Minister for Foreign Affairs said. While the outcome falls short of the specific fossil fuel phase-out that many countries wanted, it does admittedly break new ground. Previous COP texts have not talked of moving away from oil and gas. So the larger point is that this is the first time that the world has agreed to transition away from all fossil fuels for the first time. The final agreement calls for countries to quickly shift energy systems away from fossil fuels in a just and orderly fashion, qualifications that apparently helped convince the skeptics. Under the deal, countries are also called to contribute to a global transition effort rather than being outright compelled to make that shift on their own, Bloomberg reported. We'll of course come back with more insights once everyone has digested the implications of this announcement. But that's in the next couple of days. The rupee is at an all-time low again. The rupee, well, quite simply put, is under pressure. On Wednesday, depreciated 4 paise to hit an all-time closing low of 83 rupees 41 paise against the US dollar amidst strong pressure from the US dollar. A fall in crude oil prices is helping because we are indeed paying out less dollars for the oil that we could be buying, but it's not enough. Except for inflation, which is on the higher side at 5.6%, other indicators like index of industrial production are strong, accelerating to a 16-month high of close to 12% in October. But inflows from foreign portfolio investors have been strong. Some 25,000 crore have come in via foreign institutional investors or portfolio investors this month alone. And this has been picking up since November after a near three-month drought. So if many of these fundamental factors are pointing to a stronger rupee, why is it still weakening? Well, I reached out to Anindya Banerjee, head of research for Forex at Kotak Securities, and I began by asking him why the rupee was weaker despite many of these factors that I just mentioned, which potentially govern its value being in its favor. Two factors here. First is that the US dollar has strengthened since, let's say, the mid of November. Yeah, US dollar has staged a comeback because there was a rapid fall in the US dollar till mid-November, till third week of November, because market was having a massive long positions in the dollar. And considering that we are approaching the year end, 
what happens is a lot of these funds, they take profit. And the trigger for that profit taking was that the market is now seeing the end of the rate hiking campaign from the Fed. Now, once that position was more or less adjusted to its acceptable levels, we are seeing a rebound in the dollar index over the past two, three weeks. And that is one of the reasons why the USDNR has not seen a downward trend. And secondly, rupee is missing one of the very important supporting factors which has always worked in its favor is the carry, which basically means the interest rate differential between India and America. It is the lowest in a long, long time. It's just around one to one and a half percent. This is the lowest we have seen. So what happens is that when you have a high interest rate carry, a lot of the speculators come and they go long your currency. If that is missing, they don't want to bet in a big way on your currency. So that second factor is missing. The third is RBI has been in the market almost every day. They have been actively intervening on the buy as well as sell. So they no longer come into the market on any particular day when there is a big move. They are ensuring that daily volatility stays contained. And they have been able to push the average daily volatility to 20-year lows. So because of this, what has happened is the USDINR, due to the support of the global factors, as well as due to the intention of the RBI to create a glided path of depreciation, is we are seeing a move in the rupee accordingly. Right. And when you say a glided path of depreciation, and are you saying that it could therefore depreciate further? And if so, till when? Yes. So it is left to the RBI's wishes. Then I believe that we would continue to see this kind of very small 10 paisa kind of a fall kind of that is happening every four to six weeks. But I don't think the speculators will just be on the sidelines and watch this show because if the dollar continues to strengthen in the new year, then we could see some big moves on the upside. Big moves means not some kind of a blowout move, but we could see a move towards, let's say, 84 or even 84 half by the first quarter. Beyond that looks unlikely because also that is the time when we see a lot of repatriation flow, especially around the month of March, because it's the year end and we see a lot of these IT companies come and sell. But 84 can be a possibility if the dollar strengthens internationally, especially in Jan. How are you seeing as 24 comes in and 23 ends? Are you seeing the dollar stay strong for the rest of the year as well? I mean, I'm talking about next year now. Or is it too early to call this? See, what is happening is, yes, we know the Fed is done with its hikes. But it's just not the Fed. It's every other central bank is almost done with their hikes. And if you look at the economic situation of what is happening in US and what is happening in Europe, which is the competitor, Europe is in a far worse shape. So I think what's going to happen during the first quarter is that US dollar may make a comeback. It can strengthen just on the basis of that the Fed may cut rates, but at a far slower rate than what the other central banks would, which can have an impact on the USDNR as well. Right. And last question. So we've been talking about dollar. How are things looking vis-a-vis, let's say, the euro, the pound, or other significant currencies that we are constantly trading with or dealing with? Against the Indian rupee, Indian rupee has seen quite a lot of depreciation against the pound and somewhat against the euro. And against the yen, we have done exceedingly well for the simple reason that yen has been one of the weakest currencies in the world because of their monetary policy. Now, yen, we could see a continuation of the decline as far as, so the strengthening of the rupee and the yen can continue for the simple 
reason that the Bank of Japan is talking about exiting from its easy money policy, but the exit won't be so easy. So yen can continue to weaken. GBP can do well for the simple reason that UK economy looks a little in a better shape than the Eurozone. But as far as the Euro is concerned, I expect it to depreciate against the rupee. Right. Anindya, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. Tesla to recall 2 million cars. In a first of its kind, at least evidently for electric cars, Tesla is recalling some 2 million vehicles in the United States fitted with its Autopilot Advanced Driver Assistance System. Tesla has to now install new safeguards after the safety regulator said the system was open to foreseeable misuse. Tesla said in the recall filing that Autopilot software system controls may not be sufficient to prevent driver misuse and could increase the risk of a crash. Tesla's Autopilot is intended to enable cars to steer, accelerate and brake automatically within their lane while enhanced autopilot can assist in changing lanes on highways but does not make them autonomous. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, or NHTSA, has been investigating Tesla for more than two years over whether its vehicles adequately ensure that drivers pay attention when using the driver assistance system, Reuters reported. Acting NHTSA Administrator Ann Carlson told Reuters in August that it's really important that driver monitoring systems take into account that humans overtrust technology. Speaking about technology and cars, some of these systems like automatic braking are also found in cars on Indian roads. And I can tell you that some people who've used it have found it to react somewhat unexpectedly or at times that they were not expecting. So yeah, this is an important thing. Some unfortunate news, there was a massive security breach at the parliament complex today in New Delhi when two people jumped into the chamber from the public gallery in the afternoon and opened canisters that emitted a yellow gas. Both were arrested and two more, a man and a woman, were nabbed by local police outside the parliament where they were protesting again with yellow smoke. Netflix's Most Watched Shows Okay, my question when we started this show was, have you heard of Gabriel Basso and Lucian Buchanan? Well, if not, let me tell you why. They are the stars of a Netflix political thriller television series called Night Agent, which was the most watched title globally in the first half of 2023, generating some 812 million hours of viewing, Netflix said. Night Agent was followed by season two of the family drama Ginny and Georgia and the debut of The Glory, a South Korean series. Ginny and Georgia deliver the biggest audience if you consider all seasons of a show, Netflix said. On that note, you could of course decide to watch what everyone was watching and you missed. Be happy that your tastes are similar to those elsewhere or be thrilled that they're totally different. Have a great day either ways. That was The Core Report with me, Govindraj Ethiraj. Do stay connected with more of our coverage at The Core. You can check out our website or sign up to our newsletter for our exclusive stories, one in-depth feature a day on www.thecore.in. Do also track us on LinkedIn, where we usually post synopses or extracts of our top stories and interviews. We would love your feedback on how we can make business more interesting and relevant, including, of course, India's vibrant manufacturing sector. So write to us at feedback at the core.in and thank you 
once again for listening.